We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our 53-man roster prediction. On today's episode, we're going to break down the offense and some of the guys who we think is going to make the roster. All on episode 186 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle. Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg. Yes. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkins. Yes. They did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode. 186 on the blue wire network i am your host tyler joined by my two guys as always malcolm here how you boys doing we got a full crew today on our usual platform no spotify groom tonight we're on our usual platform full gang today how you boys doing today start off with peter how you doing today man Woo! i'm doing well a little under the weather but i'm doing well man hope you guys are doing well yeah, man. Uh, Pierre is a trooper. He's not 100% with us right now. A little sickness right now. No COVID from what we've understand, so he's good on that end. But a little under the weather, and he's a trooper. He's making the making the episode with us today. That's, that's a true trooper. Malcolm, how are you doing, my boy? I mean, I'm doing great, man. We here? I'm not going to lie. I miss your Spotify green room entrance right now. <laughs> I don't. Let's not do that. Not do that. <laughs> I mean, we're not on it right now, but, but I do miss it right now. I'm not going to lie. But we will get it tomorrow. Uh, because the Lions play the Colts tomorrow, we'll be live on Spotify Durham covering Lions Colts, and we'll be doing the post game as well. So stay tuned for that. Come join us live. If you can't join us live, listen how you're listening to this podcast right now. Just it should it should be almost out by the time you're listening to this. But all right, for today's episode, we are going to do a 53 man prediction. All three of us, the whole crew, is going to do 53 man prediction. So we got two preseason games down. We got one more left for the Colts. So that's going to be a big game for roster bubble guys and to uh you know end out the roster the 53 man roster is going to end up making this team who's not going to make up any of this team that third game versus the Colts is going to be huge at Ford Fields it's going to be the last preseason game and then we got real football not next week but the week after that September 12th first Lions game Lions Niners week one of the NFL season officially starts 
we're here, boys. It's uh, it's almost fall time, and the summer's coming to an end. But when it's football time, I think we put all that stuff to a side, and you know, we're just excited, right? Yes, we are excited. Uh, Very excited. Disappointed summer's ending, but the fall and football, unbeatable, especially in Michigan. I think Peter could agree with that. Yeah, go to the cider mill, you know, get some donuts, get some cider. You can't beat that. You can't beat the falls in Michigan. You can't beat the falls, but the winter's here, ass. But (laughs) we're not not here to talk weather right now. All right, let's just get right into it. So we're going to go position by position. Start off with the quarterback position, with, with, which obviously had a bunch of shakeup this offseason. Obviously, Matthew Stafford not here, being here anymore. We got new backups here this year. Uh, David Blau still in the building. He's obviously competing for a spot. I'm going to start off with Pierre. Who's your quarterbacks you got making this team right now? Uh, I got three quarterbacks making it. Jared Goff, David Blau, and Tim Boyle. So the reason why is three is because of COVID. You know, like if one of them tests positive or something, you have like an emergency plan or... I think he's just smart to carry three QBs. Yeah. So, obviously, with this year, they're bringing that same rule as last year where they're going to have the, like, you guys, you could bring up for game days from your practice squad, and then you could obviously send them right down right after without waiving them. They're they're bringing that rule back again this year. So, they could do that if they want to carry two quarterbacks, but I I think it's possible that they do carry three. Someone actually asked Dan Campbell that question in the media. They said, are you comfortable with carrying three quarterbacks? And he said he's absolutely comfortable with that if it comes to that you know, making that roster decision. So, Pierre's got three quarterbacks. Malcolm, how many quarterbacks? Charlie, I want to add something to that, though. Like, if they do release Blau, they could, they'll, like, I think they'll lose him. I think it's you think another team will pick him? I mean, yeah. you mentioned it, like, especially in this era of football with COVID going on right now, you need three quarterbacks within your organization. It doesn't necessarily have to be on your 53-man roster, but it's got to be within your organization. Right. And if the Lions don't decide to bring David Blau to the 53-man roster, he obviously has to go through the whole waiver, you know, process, and I believe this happened last year. Quote, uh, don't quote me on this; I might be wrong. But were the Dallas Cowboys interested in trying to pick up David Blau if he got waived, or trying to trade for him at last year, some point when Dak got hurt? Uh, they were trying to sign him off the practice squad. Yeah, yeah, that's what and I thought. The Lions, I believe, him, I believe Lions right? brought him up. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and he's been impressive this camp so far. So I think it's possible. If the Lions take a chance and wave him, I think it's possible that he could get claimed by another team, especially, like I mentioned, in this era of COVID. Because you remember last year, um, the Denver Broncos had a situation where they had all their quarterbacks go on COVID, and they had to start a, a former or a receiver on their team, but it was a quarterback in college. I don't remember the sad. name exactly. But, yeah, in this era of, you know, times we're in right now, you do need three quarterbacks within your organization some way or form. But, Malcolm... How many quarterbacks you got making this team, and who are they? Yeah, so just like Pierre mentioned, man, well, I was actually going back and forth thinking, all right, is the Lions going to go two quarterbacks or are they going to go three? And the whole COVID situation, you know, made it obvious that, you know, they will go most likely going – they're going to go three quarterbacks because just like you said, man, anything can happen, and you just need these three quarterbacks on your roster in, in times like this with COVID. So, yeah, I have Jared Goff, Jared Goff Tim Boyle, and David Blau. All three making the roster. Okay. Okay. Um, I also have all three making the roster as well. And just to be clear right now, we're not obviously predicting guys from different teams to be on this 53-man prediction. So we're, we're expecting shakeup. We're expecting shakeup after, you know, the, they do the cuts on Tuesday. We expect shakeups to guys that they're going to pick up from different teams. But we're only predicting within the organization right now for what the guys they got right now. So, you know, maybe – 
if there's another player at a different position, we'll say, let's just say the quarterbacks are on that position. Let's say that they don't like Tim Boyle for say, just throwing that out there. And maybe like another quarterback, they just got waived. Maybe they do an exchange like that way. That's possible. But we're just going to pick within the organization what they got right now. So I, I also have all three quarterbacks making the team. No arguments there. Let's go on to the running back position. I'm going to start off with you, Peter. How many running backs do you got making this team, and who are they? Because there's a lot of competition in that position right now. Is that including fullback with the running backs, basically? Uh, we'll, we'll do that separately. All right. So the, the running backs, I got Swift, Jamal Williams, Jamar Jefferson, and Craig Reynolds. Um, so the surprise here is Craig Reynolds. And actually, uh, who was it that co- so one of the coaches, I forgot, I think Belly was Deuce Daly. He gave him the nickname Netflix because he said he was watching Netflix like on his couch. And then he came in and just started balling out. So they call him Netflix. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't hear that one. <laughs> so, that's one hell of a nickname, yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting nickname. Can you just imagine that in the auto Netflix? <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> oh, I think Jamar Jefferson right now. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily safe because Godwin in the UK – and Dedrick Mills are on his hip, as well as Craig Reynolds. Like, those all those backs have been balling out in preseason. Yeah, it's going to be a tough decision for the Lions uh, where they end up going with this running back position because this was a position maybe in the offseason you looked at some concern, maybe they should go a veteran route. They even brought in Todd Gurley in the building for a meeting. So this was maybe a position you looked in the offseason where like, hey, maybe we need another guy because we got two good running backs. We got Swift, we got Jamal Williams, who are safe, reliable options. But after that, you're – relying on a lot of UDFAs, late round guys like Jamar Jefferson. So it wasn't really much, you know, to like they were leaning on, but I think those guys so far have done such a good job in preseason and just in camp so far where, you know, they're earning their stripes right now and trying to earn a 53 man roster. And I think the Lions are a better position at the running back position than they were in the off season than, you know, we expected at least, but Malcolm, yeah. how many running backs you got making this team and who are they? So, my running backs, I actually have four running backs. So it looks like we, so far, we're all on the same page as four running backs. Um, I have three guys who I think are locks. Um, DeAndre Swift, um, Jamal Williams, and I think Jamal Jefferson is a lock as well. I think just from what he's done in training camp and just what he showed me in the last preseason game, I think he's probably, the probably as far as the coaching staff, as far as trust, I think he's probably going to be the most reliable back out of the other guys. Now the fourth have is Craig Reynolds. Now this this brother here, man, um, he's becoming one of my favorite players in the preseason just from his play. I'm talking about offensively. He's become one of those guys who are like, man, I can't wait to see him, you know, get get the ball. I can't wait to see him um run the rock because just watching him play, he's just been making plays every time he he got the opportunity. So he's a guy who I have sneaking in there, um, over over um as I would say, like he jumped all the other guys to get that, that fourth spot. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll stick with the trend because I got four running backs as well. And it's the same exact four running backs. I got Swift, Williams, Jefferson, Reynolds. Craig Reynolds, the story with him is just phenomenal, man. Just a guy you saw them pick him up during, you know, the waiver wires and you're just like, okay, who was this guy? Right? Like it, it was literally the day before the first preseason game versus the bills. You're like, who is Craig Reynolds? Right. He just comes in the first two games, and he's balling right now, man. The Bills game gets a touchdown. The Steelers game gets a touchdown. And it's not just the touchdowns that he's getting that's putting his name out there. It's it's more than that to me. I think it's the patient running that we're seeing. He looks like an experienced back, and that's just kind of crazy to say right now because usually when you get guys around that time, like a, game, a day before the preseason game, 
you're going to try to get guys that are just going to try to be, you know, aggressive and try to make plays out there. But what Craig Reynolds is doing, he's making plays, but he's being smart. He looks experienced, which I think is really benefiting right now. And I think it's going to end up benefiting him, you know, making this 53-man roster, which is just absolutely unreal. Um, Swift and Williams, I don't really need to talk much about them. But Jamar Jefferson, I think this is a guy that they're going to they're gonna end up keeping. But just like Malcolm said, I think it's the guy that they trust the most. And I think that's right because, you know, they drafted him. They actually used a draft pick on him, which it was one of the last draft picks in the whole entire draft class. Um, I, I think they have more trust in him, and they try to lock him up before the other guys, like a Mills or a, uh, well, I don't even want to say the guy's name, Uzuwike, Uzu, I don't know how to say his name, the, the former safety from Northwestern. <laughs> we can't help you with this one, Tyler. Yeah, so uh, I, I think Jamar Jefferson, he's just he's done his job um, so far being in the building. He's been a good north to south runner so far for this football team, and I, and I think he's going to end up winning that, that third running back spot. So I feel comfortable with these running backs going to the season. So we're going to transition to fullback now. One fullback on the team. It's either you got him or you don't have him. Pierre, do you have Jason Kabinda making this team or you don't have Jason Kabinda making this team? Kabinda is in because um, with the Saints, the Saints carried a fullback. Dan Campbell comes from there. The Chargers, they carried a fullback. And then Campbell also praised him. He said he's better than he thought he was. So he's in for me. Malcolm, Kabinda, yes or no? Jason Kabinda, our boy who we had on the podcast, um, he is in. He's definitely in. I mean, I think they're going to utilize the fullback a lot. I think we're going to see him getting some cash and even get some carries. So we'll see, man. I think he's going to be. I think going to have a, a big, pretty solid role in his offense. And we're going to continue the tra- the tradition of uh, all clean slate. We're all perfect right now. We're all in the same boat right now with predictions. I think this is where we're going to get a little more different now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're getting to the receiver position, which you can go so many different routes with this way. But I think so far with the first seven players that we've talked about, I think, 
it's fair to go where we're going. And I think it, this was expected. I think maybe the Reynolds one was a bit of a shock for us, but I think everything else is going just as planned. David Blau, maybe you have are hesitant about picking him up, but Pierre, receivers, you can go so many different directions. Where are you going with this? These first three are a lock, in my opinion. After that, the next two could be expandable. So I have five. So the first three are Tyra Williams, Khalif Raymond. Raymond only had nine catches last year, but the Lions like him so much that they sat him out, and he's more of a slower here, but they're playing him outside. So that's going to be interesting. Obviously, the rookie, Amon Ross St. Brown, he's like a smooth route runner. And then the next two guys, Quintess Stevens and Tom Kennedy, I feel like if the waivers or if someone's available for trade, the Lions feel like they'll upgrade. I feel like those guys aren't a lock, but right now they're on here. Um, I don't have Perriman making it. The Lions gave him a $2.5 million deal with $2 million guarantee, but the guy hasn't done shit, and he hasn't looked good. And Khalif Raymond beat him out. So yeah. I don't know, like... I don't think it's worth to bring him on. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, and I, and I, I agree with you. I think, you know, when, once we start doing some more stuff outside the organization, because we're obviously, like I said, we're only predicting within the organization, I yeah. think they'll get more expandable and maybe go, you know, dip their feet in with another different a player from a different organization. If that's within a trade or, you know, whoever gets waived, they could pick them up. So we'll see. But Perriman not making this team for Pierre. Malcolm, what receivers do you got making this team? All right, so I actually have six wide receivers making this team. Um, first one, I think, is a lock, Terrell Williams. I think he's a lock. Um, they said that he's been, you know, he has a good rapport with uh, Jared Goff in, in training camp. Um, my other, other receivers going to be Khalif Raymond, Amon Rossi Brown. I actually have Brashad Pyramid making the roster. Um, Quintess Cephas and, and my, my sleeper, another one of my favorite guys who in this preseason, Tom Kennedy, man. And he's been one of my favorite guys in the preseason for a long time, man. Um, he's just a guy who just every time he's in in the preseason, he balls out. So I I, I actually hope he gets a, a shot and gets a role um, with the fifty three. Okay, TK making this football team. And I remember we had a discussion in our, our green room, our last green room. It was after the Steelers game, and we asked the question: Do you think Tom Kennedy is going to make this fifty three man roster? I said no. You guys both said yes. I sound like a hypocrite right now because he's on my 53-man roster right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I told gotta, you, man. He, uh, he's been balling. I mean, he, he, you kind of have to. And I, I'm going more from the words of what Tan Campbell said as well. He said he's a guy that we just trust right now. And and he went out of his way to say that he, he's a guy that we like a lot. We trust him. And he even went out of his way and said Brashad Perriman's not really shown us much. So, you know, what Pierre's thinking right now, Kennedy has the bump over Perriman, which I think is possible. I think Perriman's going to play this third preseason game. I think he's going to have to try to make a name for himself to make this roster. But since we're going off from what we saw from the first two games and what we've seen in camp so far, I got the same thing as Malcolm. I got six receivers as well. Williams, Raymond, St. Brown, uh, Quintus Cephas, Brashad Perriman, Tom Kennedy. Um, I think this is a position, like we said, I think it would be a position before the season they're going to upgrade or try to upgrade and dip their, you know, dip from other organizations and see what they could do from there. But as of right now, I got Brashad Perriman making this team. And it just kind of goes on to more when we get into this, when we get more into these 53-man predictions, I think it's going to make more sense why I got Perriman over another guys because you'll see in other positions where I, I don't maybe have as many guys. So that's why I got Brashad Perriman making this 53-man roster. But let's go into tight ends now. Peter, who are some tight ends you got picking? I got Hogginson, Fells, and Elise Mack. Again, I don't think I think if the Lions could find an upgrade over at least Mac via waiver wire or like a trade or something, I think they will. I don't think Mac is safe, but the other two are safe for sure. 
Okay, I agree with that. Um, I think Elise Mack hasn't really been all that impressive throughout the camp, you know, in camp in these games, especially in uh, blocking, and that's a very big position in tight end, for the tight end position. He just hasn't been really good at that so far in these first two games. And then uh, the other tight end they have right now in the organization is Brock Wright, Notre Dame guy. Just another guy that hasn't really got much valuable playing time. He's only played late in the game. So, you know, it, it would be tough, I think, a tough hill for him to climb to make this uh, this roster. But, uh, Malcolm, who are some tight ends you got? How many do you got making this team? All right, so I have three tight ends making it. Um, looks like we're all in the same boat here. I have TJ Hawkinson, Darren Fells, and Elise Mack. I mean, okay. I think Elise Mack, is just, he's just there by default. Yeah. So I, I honestly only chose two. So I chose Hawkinson and Fells. I didn't bring a third Ooh. tight end. Um, I, I think when the initial 53-man rosters come out, it's only going to be two. And I, I, I'm i confident, I feel like. Or this is my prediction. I feel like they're going to go out and get someone from a different team. I just don't think he makes the initial 53-man roster. Which I think you guys are going by is that he's going to make the initial 53-man roster and then they can just wave him right after they pick up that guy. Which, is, which could happen as well. If there is a guy because, like... I mean, there might not be a guy. There, I, there might not be a guy. You're right. So, yeah. So. I, I just carry two. I, I just The tight end depth outside of Fells, and even Fells wasn't really necessarily good, but he's going to make this team. But the tight end depth on this team is just not good. And I feel like the teams I would keep an eye out for, Chargers, Saints, uh, tight ends, Rams, because – Obviously, we've mentioned that's where this, you know, our organization. A lot of those guys have come from Holmes with the Rams, Campbell with the tight or with the Saints, um, and then Lynn with the Chargers. I think with Campbell too, he's going to be more familiar, especially with the New Orleans Saints guys, because he was the tight ends coach over there. So I'd keep an eye out for, you know, who gets away from the Saints on a, a tight end. Not that they really have much depth over there, but maybe they'll be, they maybe they bring in a guy from there because Campbell's more familiar with them if if he's had past experience. Also, keep an eye on the, the Eagles and the Browns because the Eagles, they fit. Special team coordinators know, like, the whole roster. Just to see play special teams not. Do Staley as well. And then the Browns, because John Dorsey was the GM down there. Like, he pretty much, most of that team is hit. Like, not most of them, but a lot of those players are the guys he drafted down there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I think this is a position they're going to be active on before the season starts. I don't think they go in with just two tight ends. Uh, I think they need another guy. And I just don't think it's personally within the organization what they got right now. No offense to those guys. I just I don't I don't see it with the with Mac and Brock Redwood so far because that's the only two right. other guys we have right now. So let's go into offensive tackles now. Uh, Pierre, who are the offensive tackles you got to make the team? How many you got? I got four. So I got Decker and Sewell as the starters, Crosby and Nelson. Um, I do want to say something though because I've been getting like a lot of DMs on Instagram and like comments about that. Yeah, Sewell is struggling a little. But it's normal, right? He's a rookie. He hasn't played football in a year. He's rusty, and he hasn't played right tackle since college. He's gonna have his rookie growing pains. High school, high school. I'm sorry, high school. He hasn't played right. He hasn't played. So he's gonna have his rookie growing pains. Don't call him a bust after year one. Taylor Decker had rookie growing pains. That's gonna happen. You need some time. Like, imagine just writing with your right hand, then switching to your left hand. It's it takes time. It's not. It's hard. Yeah, I, I think the Penai Sewell uh, criticism, I think it's funny. I honestly do think it's funny. I just, I, I don't understand why we're jumping into this stuff already. Like, why are we giving him a narrative that he's, like, already not going to work at right tackle? Like, why are we doing this already? We've played two preseason games. And honestly, I think the criticism has been overblown. I don't think he's even been that bad, honestly. I like, agree. I, it's Melvin Ingram. Like, 
Like, there's been. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie and say he's been perfect and like he hasn't no. gone through struggles. No, I'm not gonna say that. But like, are we just gonna say like he has had shown nothing? Like, I think he's shown more so far benefit that Akuda didn't have a training camp last year or I mean uh, a preseason. I think Su- Sewell has shown more in his rookie or in his like his early career than Akuda did. Let me let me not be in this conversation. Let me just I'm gonna just go to the <laughs> side over here. I'm not even gonna be a part of this. Um, I'm not. No, I'm not gonna do it. And, and with Sewell, bro, like when he makes a mistake, <laughs> you'll see the same mistake twice in a game. He corrects it. You know, yeah. Like, I, I don't understand this narrative right now. I don't understand it right now. I, I think he'll be perfectly he, fine. He's a rookie. It's just, yeah. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. seeing some national media and even like uh, like an all-pro right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz. I think he's all-pro. He basically said having Sewell at right tackle is dumb. And I've seen another guy on national media say that. I was like, I don't really agree with that. I because just, they have Decker. Wait, you move Decker like, to the right mean, side? What do you do with no. Taylor Decker at that point? Like, Yeah, right. If it comes to a point, maybe when Decker's older, like when he gets like in his 30s, because what is he right now, 28, 27, I would he say? He just turned 28 the other just day. Just turned 28? Okay, so you got like maybe when like Decker's older and he's like on the like ender of his contract, Maybe you make the transition to that point, just depending on how Sewell is at right tackle. I mean, if he's a lead at right tackle, I wouldn't change it, right? I mean, maybe we'll we'll see. I mean, that's way longer down the line. But just right now, I just I don't think it'd be smart to move Decker position because he had a really good year last year with the Lions, and he was a really good left tackle. So I I think the Lions' approach with Sewell is he was the best player on the board at the time, and that's what they're gonna do because you're so early in the rebuild. The Lions just want good football players right now. They're not trying to build off needs right now. Right. They don't. They have a need on every position right now. You can make an argument for. So yeah. they're they, they took the best football player in their opinion, and I, and I agree personally that he was the best football player available at that point in the draft. Yeah. So I don't get the narrative, but you got four tackles: Decker, Sewell, Crosby, Nelson, Malcolm. Who do you got? All right. So my tackles, I have four tackles. Um, I have Tyler Decker. Don't tell me Dan Skipper. I have Penny Sewell. I have Terrell Cosby and Matt Nelson. Oh, thank God. Those are my, okay. <laughs> those are my tackles. Um, and just jumping into what you guys said about um, Penny Sewell, it's preseason. And, like, do like, I, I, just, I don't get it either. Like, do you expect him to come in right away to be an all pro? No. From the first snap? No. I mean, like, he, he's learning a, football. Exactly. West. And he's learning a brand new position. Right. It's not, it's, this is not Madden, guys. You can't just take your your, your center or whatever <laughs> your, your your lineman and put him in another position and expect him to perform <laughs> right away. This is not Madden. It doesn't work that way. Um, he's going to learn, but he, the upside of Penny Sewell is just uh, he has very high upside. So he's going to be great. He's the guy who I'm least worried about. So yeah, he's he's going to be great. I'm not worried about that. I, yeah, I, I think people forget how young he is too. The dude is. 20 years old. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's 20 old. years old, man. Like, he gets orange juice, like Tyler. He can't, yeah, he can't. He can't uh, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he can't even, he can't even <laughs> go to a bar right now. He can't yeah, even go to a bar right now. Uh, he, probably, he probably walk in that bitch anyway. Just, just walk in there. I don't think I, they'll stop him. I just looked at his, bur- I mean, I wouldn't stop him. <laughs> I don't think they'll the stop bouncer. him. He'd be big, he's bigger than the bouncer. As I say, if, if you're the bouncer, you're going to look up and say, oh, shit. And you know uh, what? You just uh, come right on in. But hey, yo, you, yeah. you, want, you want a shot of a tequila? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> could, could, could you imagine being a bouncer, stopping him and say, hey, yeah, yeah, you can't come in here? You know, bouncer going to look up and be like, oh, man, you want to come in here? Just This is beyond me. Just get in here. Just, 
it's all good, man. I just I just looked uh, right now. He, he is uh, turning 21 in October, early October. So that's coming up. So within a yeah. month. So he, he'll be he'll be allowed to go to bars so earlier than me. So I still have to stick. I'll stick with my OJ for a little longer than Panay Sewell. But that's that's wild. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the tackles, though, I got the same four tackles. Decker, Sewell, Crosby, Nelson. You know, I, I've criticized Matt Nelson. I didn't think he was necessarily good in that second game versus Steelers. We mentioned it was his first time playing left tackle in the NFL, like, ever versus a different team. And I didn't think he was good. I thought he got better as the game gone on, but that was obviously when the competition got a little lower as the game went on as well. I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if they upgrade this position through the free or the waiver wire. But at the same time, Nelson gives him versatility because he plays tackle and guard. I feel like this is probably a guy they stick around with. And I thought he was good for them last year. No different. It was a different regime last year. But I thought he was good enough to be rostered on the 53-man roster. So I'm going to keep Nelson here right now. I think he survives both the waiver wire, too. Yeah, you got to remember, Fraley's still here. And Fraley was big in his development last year. He was. And he was good, man. Like, when... um, Big V went down and he played right tackle. I wouldn't say he was good, but like he was decent. Like he was serviceable. He was serviceable, you know. Yeah. You know, what he kind of reminds me of from a couple of years ago, like a Brian Mahalik. Brian Mahalik kind of stepped in for when Decker was out. I think he was a little better, Nelson, but I thought they were both like very good, serviceable players. You know, just for the situation they were put upon. So. Yeah, the I, reason why Mahalik looked good is because we had Greg Robinson. He was awful. That is true. That is true. Our standards were really low at the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I was think, like, whoa, that's a huge difference. Yeah, I think you're going to even see that, like, with head coaching, too. Like, even if Campbell's not necessarily great, we're going to give him so, many more, so much more free passes because of how bad Patricia was. I'm not, And I'm not going to say Campbell's going to be bad. I'm just saying that we're going to be a lot more lenient, I think, the first couple of weeks because we're just going to see something different than Patricia. So, we'll I think this year in general, like, fans should, like, they shouldn't have high expectations this year. People shouldn't have high expectations for the team. That's, that's just... Expecting him to go out and win 10, 11 games or 8, 9 games, I think that's high. What's the what's the Twitter thing they got going on right now? Uh, 10 and 7 speaking to existence? Is that the, the what? trend? Oh, yeah, it's like the trend going on right now. 10 and 7 speaking no. to existence. All right, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. honestly. All right, that, that is one person. That's doing no, 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 no. We're no, not going to snitch. We're no, not going to no. say no it's names. It's not one thing. It's not one, it's not one person. I've seen it multiple times. It's You've like seen okay. it multiple times? trend they got going right now. 10 and 7 speaking to existence. All right, I don't want to be rude or anything, but I want to know what drugs they are on. <laughs> like seriously, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's on, not drugs. It's not. It's not drugs, it's man. Kool Aid. Is this Kool Aid? I mean, they, they, they. I mean, all the B writers that are there be like, yeah, this this team is not that good, guys. Like, they're not going to be good. It's not. It's not just regular Kool Aid. It's not like the Kool Aid you just pick from the liquor store or your local grocery store. This is like some spiked Kool Aid. I don't know what the hell they put in this damn Kool Aid, but it's something in this Kool Aid. <laughs> it's a rebuild, guys. This is a rebuild. They they don't lines call it a retool, but like it, it's a rebuild. You could tell. Like if if they thought they could compete now. They'd go out and sign veterans like Trey Boston. They'd sign, they'd sign uh, like veteran corners. They'd bring in vets, but they want to develop their young guys. They would so bring their guys back, probably a lot of their yeah, guys back. They would have brought their guys back. This is a rebuild. You have or to they, be patient. Or they maybe I know Stafford asked up. You maybe just disregard what Stafford says. Just like remember with Glover Quinn, like the Lions yeah. were like competing at that time. Disregard it completely what Glover Quinn said and yeah. said we're gonna keep him. Like guys ask out all the time. It's not that's not like like you know rare. And teams ignore their guys a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. If the Lions were really competing, 
they would have just denied Stafford's like request, and he might not have been happy with it, but they would have denied his request, and they would have went for it. I think I really believe that if yeah. they were competing. Uh, but it's not really a good idea to do that, man. What's not a good idea? To deny the request? Yeah, man. You're a new regime. I mean, out of respect to Stafford, who is saying that, look, for the, for the best of both parties, you know, go out, get the get the most out of me right now, as you before you, you know, while you can get the best out of me. Get the best uh, offer you can from me, and you know, let us both go different ways. Yeah, no, no, I think I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I like what the Lions did, and I've praised what the Lions have done with the whole process. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is, they could have easily denied Stafford's request, if, and if it they might not have happy. I'm saying if they did it, they would just been a Bob Quinn douche, like like Bob Quinn has, you know, just denying trades. And other players, like you see players coming out, like Calvin Johnson, he's like, man. I wish, you know, they gave me an opportunity to do that. You know, a lot of players are coming out and saying, like, I wish they would have did that with me, you know. So I think on, on the player's behalf, I think it's just best. If a player wants out, especially with Stafford when he was in that predicament that like, you get a lot from him, get what you can from him. But, yeah. what I'm, but what I'm saying is, like, let's say the Lions were good or, like, they thought they could be good. They could just do what the Packers did right now with Rodgers. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we weren't, we're, we're nowhere we're not near in the that Packers. Were. No, 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 no. I'm nowhere near where the Packers were. But I'm saying because that's people think we're like gonna be good and like we're gonna compete. We're no, not. Here. We, we have to be. Yeah, dude, our offense is gonna be so bad. The defense is gonna be better, but the offense is gonna be so bad. Like you just have to be like, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I, I'm not gonna say the offense is gonna be bad at times. Reason why I say that, Malcolm. Like I haven't really been twenty of the kids, but all the beat writers are saying, yeah, this offense is gonna be bad. Beat writers don't even know who's gonna make the. 53. How can they know what the offense they, is going But like? they literally watch every practice. They, they talk to they, the players. They talk they to could. the media. They know what's going on. I know, but like do the they know who's going to be the final 53? They're no, gonna have, but they're going to have a good, you know. Nobody good, knows what. The, nobody, nobody. We're not talking about the final exactly. 53. We're just talking about it in general with the roster, the way it is right now. I know like, that. There what I'm a, saying is that. What I'm saying is that how could they know what the offense is going to look like if they don't even know who's going to be on the roster well, we know what the main when the season comes? Be like. We don't know the main core. We don't really do. know the depth. We like... don't know the depth of the team, which right now that doesn't matter too much. It's going to matter when we get into the season and when injuries start happening. But going into the season, we know what we got basically. We know, I, I, we know our starters. I think the only people that know like what our offense is going to look like is the coaching staff right now. That's, the, that's uh, right, now, right now. But no, I said what our offense is going to look like. That's what, no, I'm not saying the starter. I'm saying I said the only people that know what our offense is going to look like when the season comes is I think right now is the coaching staff. I don't think the beat writers know or media know. I don't think anybody knows right now what our offense is going to look like until the season comes around. I think yeah, I think they know. They've seen every practice, and you practice your plays in training camp. I you think they know what some, it's going to look like. Practice some plays, but different, different, different um mindset when 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 the lights are on. Yeah, but like the scheme is gonna look the same. They're gonna have like yeah. the same formations and stuff like that. Like we're gonna know, like they know what that's happening. I mean, if you went to every camp, you should get a good glimpse of what's gonna happen going into the year. I'm not I gonna mean, say exactly what's gonna happen. But we like, seen camps. Good. We seen camps where when we were looking at our defense, it was like, oh my god, we may have a top ten defense. Remember that year? We're looking no, no, at our no, defense no. like, that oh, we had a really that, good defense. That was the personnel that we had. We thought it was gonna be top ten. It, those guys didn't play together. We didn't. So we didn't know how they're gonna be. They didn't play ever together. You know what? You're right. You're right. The you're personnel, right on that the but personnel is what we were hyped about. When yeah. when I see week one, week two, week three, they're not they're not having a better idea of what our offense. Is. I'm not going to say our offense is going to be shitty before before we even play with our starting before we play week one. I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'll I'm, say this with the offense, bro. I just don't trust the quarterback right now. I know you don't trust the quarterback, but like I said, let them play. 
Let him, let, no, I'm going to let him play. play. Like, I hope I'm play. wrong. He's, <laughs> gonna, he's obviously going to play. But, like, just the way, like, so when he came in that one game, he threw what? He threw a pick. He almost threw a pick. And then it took him 18 plays, and they only got a field goal out of it. Our offense is going to be boring, bro. And once teams realize that, they're not going to be scared of the deep ball. They're just going to be, like, play man-to-man, force force, uh, force the receivers to win, stop the run, and, like, double Hawkinson. That's, that's the game plan. It's an easy game plan to stop the Wait. line. We we will see. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Is we'll see because that's, that's all I want to do right now. I'm I'm in wait and see. I'm not determining that the offense right. would be bad or the defense is gonna be bad. I'm I'm in wait and see until we we get to the regular season. All right, that was a good break, Tyler. You want to get back to the yes. guards now? Yes, sir. Yep, I want to continue. That, that was good though. I like that. I like that little little like intermission. You know, I call yeah, it yeah, half, yeah. Little halftime. Well, because we're right, right at, we're right at the half point right now. Because we're almost yep. this is the last group in the offense, and we get into the defense. So let's go into the interior offensive line. Pierre, who's your interior offensive line? You got to make this team. Jackson, Ragnow, Big V, Stenberg, and Evan Brown. Um, right. the starters are obvious, right? By Ty, yep. Stenberg, like, at first we weren't sure, but he actually has played well in the preseason. Like, he's played better than we thought he would. And then Evan Brown is, like, the only, like, center. Like, those guys, they could play center. Like, Logan Stenberg, he's not really a good center. They tried him last year out at center. He was bad. Yeah, he was bad. Matt, I mean, Matt, Matt Nelson, the backup, is not really a center. So that's why Evan Brown's on here. And he's also, Evan Brown has started in this league, too. So, like, he's played center before. Okay. Malcolm, who do you got making this into your offensive line? I mean, it looked like we're all on the same page here. Um, Frank Ragnow, Kalapute Vatai, Jonah Jackson. Ooh. Ooh, oh, 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 go back, go back, go back. Say that name again for you one more time. Halapute uh, Vatai. Halapute Vatai. I love it. <laughs> Jonah Jackson, um, Logan Stumberg, and Evan Brown. I mean, those guys, I mean, those look like the, that's going to be the centerpiece. Um, that that was an easy, easy pick for those guys. So I have those guys making a roster. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going the same way. I got Ragnar, Jackson, Vitae, Stenberg, Brown. I think if it came to an injury to our starting five, so obviously Decker, Sewell, Ragnar, Jackson, Vitae, I think Crosby would be the next guy in line, even if it was a guard position, because they've even done that in camp so far, playing him at some guard positions. I feel like he would be the next guard up before Stenberg and Brown. I feel like if a center went down, like obviously Frank Ragnar, the guy's tough as balls. He's not going down. But if it were to happen... I think it would be Evan Brown to step in at center. Because yeah. you mentioned Stenberg hasn't been good at center. Jonah, I think they've cross-trained him at center a little, too. I don't know how good he is. Yeah, I just don't know if you want to mess with Jonah, though. I think you want to get Jonah just comfortable at the guard position. But I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Because he could yeah. be at center. Yeah. I just don't want to mess with Jonah right now. I want him to kind of just gel at the guard position, the left guard position, and then roll from there. I don't really want to mess with Jonah too much in the, the center. That's why I like carrying Evan Brown. If, if Frank were to go down... Not happening, but if he were to go down, put in a guy like you mentioned has experience and you could play the center position at a serviceable enough level, I would say. So I agree right. with that. Okay. That's the whole offense right there. So that is twenty-five players right there. So that's almost half of your play half of your roster right there, just on the offense, obviously. Yeah. And that is a wrap to part one of our 53-man roster episode where we broke down the offense and on our next episode. We're going to talk about the defense and the guys that we think is going to make that 53-man roster. So tune in for that. And with that being said, we are out. Peace.